Welcome, everyone, to the Musical Splaining Podcast. I am your host and extra, extra read all about it enthusiast. I don't know what to do with this one. Sorry. Uh, Kava Taharian. And I just get all of my news from tarot cards. Uh, Angelina. Tarot Mian. cards. <laughs> what do Fake you, newsies? It, I don't know it, what would you would call them. No. Yeah. That's yeah. I can't riff right now. I mean, either. It's just, it's just, um, the cards told me that it was going to be a, a bad day today because we are talking about yeah. not a bad day. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> the, the Ouija board. The, the Ouija. Right. Exactly. Um, I sat down and, you know, um, Opened up my spirit to the ether, and it said, today we are talking about Newsies. Newsies. This is one we've been getting requested quite a lot, Um, although as we discussed before we started recording, we weren't quite clear if people were really excited about the Disney version or the stage version, so through much discussion, we've decided to go with the stage version because this is, after all, a musical podcast, so we assume that's what you guys wanted, and if not... Well, then tough shit. Yeah. You got to be more specific y- y- when you yell at us about what we... <laughs> I'm sure we will We will touch upon the movie in some fashion in this discussion. But yes, specifically, we're yes. going to be talking about the stage version presented by Disney Theatrics. I get, I get, this is like one of those moments where I'm like, I have to admit a cultural blind spot here. But it's not really a blind spot because I have seen the original Newsies, but I've not seen it in maybe at least like 15, 16 years. And it was at the most... Like, I guess the way you would expect someone to have seen Newsies is at a college theater cast party. I was, just, I was literally about to say <laughs> drunk, like at a party. It gets on in the background and everyone starts. To, that's so fucking funny. I can't right. believe that's exactly that is, what it was. That is the last time I saw Newsies. And so I, um, of course, you know, I had my 99 apples going, had my like apple puckers or and like and Sprite going on. And so I barely remember it. So I haven't seen Newsies in a really, really long time, and I know that people fucking love this stage version. Like, like, like this. This has a huge fan base. So I'm, I'm, I'm very curious because I'm not experienced the musical. Um, I know there's a bunch of new songs in this, and that there's there's a lot of different changes that happen in it. But yeah, that that's basically my background with Newsies. I'm sure our, our notes will explain this, but real quick. So you said it's a Disney stage musical. Does that mean that they took the movie and made it into a musical? Yes. Or I, I was under the impression that it was already a musical that Disney adapted into a film. It is. No, no, no. So the original, uh, it, there's actually a lot of really interesting history to the um, Newsies ah, film okay. that like is not necessarily in the notes, but I thought would be fun to discuss. So maybe, maybe let's, let's read the notes, notes first, first and, and then, then we'll, we'll dive. Get into the, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's right. go. Let me, let me read these notes. That way we can get into the history and background and. The uh, creative process of making Newsies. Newsies. Newsies is a stage musical based on the 1992 film of the same name. Look at me answering my own question. (laughs) If I had just read ahead. Keeps happening. Uh, With music by, (laughs) yeah, right? (laughs) With music by Alan Menken, lyrics by Jack Feldman, and book by Harvey Firestein from the original film screenplay by Bob Zudiker and Nani White. Hopefully I pronounced those correctly. Uh, inspired by the real-life events of the Newsboys' strike of 1899, Newsies tells the story of a ragtag... I love ragtag. It's, it's such, a great word. This is the most ragtag group of kids, too. So. I don't know why. I just have a soft spot for a ragtag group of kids. <laughs> yeah. uh, story of a ragtag group of Newsboys, a.k.a. the titular Newsies, in New York City, who scrape by on hawking newspapers for the media magnates like Joseph Pulitzer and William Randolph Hearst. Who, you know, fucking, you know, that guy. Yeah. The guy with the, the, uh, the, with the, the sled. The cane, the citizen. The, the sled guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, the cane the, from the, Citizen the cane. cane. <laughs> I just literally watched that episode of The Simpsons like I love that. this week. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> anyway, real men all first. Uh, when Pulitzer raises the distribution price of his paper, the New York world, the already struggling and now priced out kids band together and go on strike, led by the charismatic newsie with a tragic past to Jack Kelly. Mm-hmm. As the strike brings literal news to a standstill, an up-and-coming young journalist named Catherine Plummer stumbles into the action, hoping to get in front of the story and make a name for herself. Will the newsies seize the day, carpe diem, and succeed <laughs> in squashing Joseph Pulitzer's exploitative business practices? Is there any force in musical theater more powerful than an army of singing, dancing orphans? Let's, is it fucking wild? <laughs> yeah, definitely right. not. Uh, is it fucking wild that Disney twice produced a musical about exploited employees staring down their overlords and winning? All this and more in Newsies. Newsies. Yeah, Newsies. Uh, while, while the original 1992 film starring none other than Christian the Bale was a box office bomb, it developed a cult following over the years. And as Disney's theatrical wing grew in business across the late 90s and 2000s, the same question kept being posed over and over by fans. 
when will Newsies the Broadway musical happen? Why is that a question that they're asking is my question is like, why the fuck would anyone think that? Because people love this movie like this movie. Has, so I'll, I'll get in. Let's just finish out the notes. Finish out the notes. OK, OK. <laughs> almost there, almost there. Uh, <laughs> I keep doing it. Yeah. Their answer came in 2011 when the show opened for an out of town tryouts at the Paper Mill Playhouse in New Jersey, followed by a Broadway debut on debut, debut. on March 29th, 2012 at the Nederlander Theater, where it became the fastest Disney production to turn a profit. Wow. Uh, it ran for just over a thousand performances before closing on August 25th, 2014, where it was followed by an immensely successful national tour and a filmed pro shot, which we are watching starring most of the original cast. OK, so it was very successful. So why was it a fucking bomb then? So the movie so the original movie itself was uh, the, the screenwriters that we mentioned up there, but Bob Zudiger and Noni White had originally wanted to make a serious mm-hmm. drama out of it. Disney was like, well, we'll do it. But also. You know, musicals, we're, 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 I think we're bringing the musicals back. You know, Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid have done really well. So why not try and make a live action musical was kind of like yeah. the school of thought. And so like Alan Menken was attached to it. And literally the writing for the music for the movie started like the day after Howard Ashman had passed away. So it's like, oh, yeah, it's like in the middle of that. And so it's also in that period of film where nobody is making movie musicals anymore, like live action ones, mm-hmm. because it's just no good old days, the, as I like to call them. The good old days. <laughs> right. Uh, and like Disney was kind the of like golden era. They were hoping they could like like hang this on as like a serious we're making a movie musical. We're bringing back live action musicals. We're going to do this because we did it with animated features. So why not try and do mm-hmm. this? And they put like, I think something like 16 million into this movie in, you know, 1992. Wow. Which by today's value is 10,000 million billion dollars. Right, based right. On inflation that's been adjusted. Especially for a venture, <laughs> like a musical movie um, when they're not in that's vogue. That's a big budget. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Disney put a lot that's of, a lot. a lot of money into this and um, it only made $2 million. I think at the box yeah. office, it bombed hard critics hated it but over the years it developed like this really intense cult following like i had have always kind of known about newsies even as a kid like i was like oh it's kind of like do you remember like when Grease came really like back into vogue in like 1997? Yeah, I and, do like, remember that yeah, actually, yes. Like and everyone just was watching Grease all the time all of a sudden. Like it was kind of like floating around there in the back of like Blockbuster whenever I'd ask my mom to rent me Grease, <laughs> you know? Like there's, mm-hmm. there's Newsies, you'd like Newsies. And it's just kind of existed with this like following that like I, I guess I've tried to think about why this is um, as someone who's not seen it in a while and like really needs to reevaluate my feelings about it. I have to imagine because all of the people who always want to watch Newsies at these cast parties, which would have been your personal hell, were guys. <laughs> and I, I think this is to what like Annie was for theater kids who were girls and not to, you know, gender everything. I'm just trying to find like sure. something to describe this. All of the guys in like my theater stuff loved this movie. And I think this was maybe their Annie. Like that's that's the only way I know how to explain okay. it. Because it's like it's a movie about a bunch of teenage boys who are singing and dancing, you know, and it's like as opposed to Annie, where it's a bunch of like, you know, preteen girls singing and dancing. This is where the boys get their turn. Uh, you know, I see. same appeal. It's like the working class, like no nonsense, tough kids who like swear and do stuff and like it's 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 kind of in that vein and even like Christian Bale's character is very like um I, I, he's like very much like of like the Disney hero of the day he's very like Aladdin like he's scrappy and he's like funny but he's got a heart of gold deep down like it's just it, it is oh, very okay. like um yeah like if it feels like it was tailor made I, mean, I guess I guess based even on like the the uh what is it called in the summary it is it is like you know standing up against Corrupt business practices. And okay, I mean, it's like an underdog. Like, that's a worthy cause, certainly. Right. It's so weird to think of a, a time where, you know, some giant conglomerate uh, rich person controlled all of media and uh, didn't allow for dissenting voices yeah. to speak <laughs> right. up and controlled all their money. It's so weird. It seems like so long yeah. ago. I, yeah. I, don't, I can't think of any modern day parallels. Oh my God, it's so weird. This will be hard to relate no, to. No, not at all. How, how would you even know? And like, the thing is, is like, so basically. How can I even put myself? It is kind of wild though when you think like this was going to be a musical for, you know, kids and families ostensibly. But what it is, is like the original, the real news story of this was that uh, the Spanish-American War had died down. And so news stopped selling. And so basically yeah. like William Randolph Hearst and Joseph Pulitzer like jacked up the price of buying a newspaper, like which they could have done during the war because people were buying news. And so, you know, kids can make some sort of very slim profit off of this. But then after the war ended, because war is bad for news business, you know, they're like, fuck them kids. <laughs> and then the kids like successfully fought back which is like that is a really cool story and again this was being shopped around at first as like a serious like non-musical drama but disney for 
for some reason was like, yes, we can make this work. And it did not work. But so the, the what happens as the years go by is that people are putting on um, like their own unofficial productions of Newsies. Like people are just like taking the uh, movie script okay. and state like the way you would do like Buffy's Once More with Feeling that a lot of theaters do. Um, uh, a, a lot of these like people are putting on like um, just, yeah, their own homemade productions of it. I read this really funny article that was written by this one uh, like working actor who was obsessed with Newsies as a kid. And he literally called Kenny Ortega, who directed the film movie and has gone on to direct like all the high school, you know, musical movies and stuff. Called oh, him Kenny up. Ortega directed the original uh, 90s movie? Yeah, this, oh, so I think this was like his, his original, uh, his, his film director debut. Yeah. Was debut. His debut, yes. as you would say. Um, but yeah, this really <laughs> funny article about this kid being able to get in touch with him and like begging him for the like theaterites and Kenny Ortega having to tell this kid like, hey, I'm sorry, like Disney, we made no money off of this. Disney owns all this. Yeah. yeah. And that's that it's never going to happen. And like Alan Menken has this funny story of like, you know, he's doing all the press reviews for like Beauty and the Beast and getting all these accolades. And then at the same time, he just won a Razzie Award for the worst song for one of the songs in this movie. Hey, man, yeah. that's it. That's life. That's it's, life. It's the yin and the yang. You get both <laughs> right. at the same time. That's it's always how it works. And this was like right in between like Beauty keeps and the Beast and Aladdin. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Ke- keeps you real humble. But so this this is happening across the years and people keep coming up to Thomas Schumacher, who is the head at the time of Disney theatrics, asking him, so when are we getting newsies? When are we getting newsies? And, you know, this conversation comes up again between him and like Alan Menken and other bigwigs at Disney. And then Alan Menken mm-hmm. is like, well, hey. I live next door to Harvey Firestein, basically, like their neighbors. And Harvey Firestein okay. is like, ask the question, hey, how come Newsies hasn't been done? I think you could do really fun things with Newsies. And then that's kind of like the genesis of what kind of gets the ball rolling is that Harvey Firestein's like, well, we're going to change this around. And I have all these ideas. And like you have someone like Harvey Firestein who's a name who wants to actively make it. And that's kind of like where Disney is like, sure, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. And it's been it, like they workshop. I think 2009 was when they started like throwing shit at the wall to see if they can make it happen. And then, yeah, of course, it had its debut a few years later. And it just, like, the, it's Paper Mill Playhouse run. Like, they kept having to extend. And then it hit Broadway. And, like, it, I remember just, like, when it opened in 2011, because it was in that period where I was like, I don't really do musicals anymore, and I want to see what's up. And it was just, like, everyone was talking about Newsies. And I get it because, like, when you it put was, it... It made news it made, because people were all really into it. It made such news. I think the fans are called fansies, which is, like, <laughs> the fancy show. Um, yeah, just—it's in the title. They're fucking newsies. They're newsies, exactly. I'm like, why aren't you just not the news? The new new newsies. The new new—I don't know. Like fancies. The newsies. The fans showed up, and it, it did win. Uh, I, or it did win two Tony Awards. I didn't mention that in the notes, but it was like nominated for eight and won. I think for best choreography and best score. I think this this version that we're watching was actually recorded at the Pantages. At oh, your okay, hometown, right so. in my backyard. <laughs> yeah, right in your backyard. So it's basically most of the original cast um including jeremy jordan who uh, you won't know who he is and that's probably fine (laughs) but we have seen him i think i remember jeremy jordan was he in hold on don't tell me wasn't he in um little shop of horrors i think you did see him i didn't see it with you guys but he was in little shop of horrors we have seen him in the last five years he was jamie in the last five years yes that's right it's weird to me that this show did so well and it made so much money that it would have been scrapped from the Disney, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Right, that's not still running on or didn't run longer on Broadway. Because, yeah, it only ran right. for like considering two and a half that these, years. some of these shows make so much money. And why would Disney leave money on the table? I guess, I mean, I have to assume that it dropped off quickly. Like the operating cost did catch up to them. Because it's one thing that I guess it's kind of going out on a crest where you're still making money as opposed to losing money. Maybe. I don't know. If anyone in the audience could explain this um, specifically. Specifically in this case, like I have no idea why it closed. I have to it's, assume it's because they wanted to get out while they still were making money, and uh, it made enough money that a tour seemed profitable. And it makes sense that this has, you know, it's got a huge cult audience across the country, so touring seemed good. It just it did have like a UK production that I think just closed too. So like I don't know, but if if anyone else uh, out there knows, because again there are a ton of fans out there who know this shit like the way that I know fans. Newsies fandom, so that please. I will call them. They are newsies. <laughs> yes, not not the fans. I don't care what you call yourselves. You are newsies. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Uh, I, I wonder, you know what? There's someone's going to pull up a chart where like there's a direct correlation of people losing trust in the news <laughs> and newsies as a musical being less profitable. Right. It's really funny because it is like it, people are just like, oh, is that a musical about the mainstream media? Yeah. Fuck that no. mainstream media. Alex Jones told me we're all getting our news from screaming 13 year old boys. And it's yeah. <laughs> they're like, this isn't on YouTube. I don't yeah. like it. I mean, it is funny because it is like basically about children fighting um, Logan Roy. 
Um, <laughs> like, yeah, right. That's that's what this it's is. It's just it's succession. I mean, that's literally what succession was. Right. It was about children, children fighting. What's what is? I'm the eldest boy. Do you think he was a Newsy fan? I bet you. He oh, was. he absolutely was a Newsy fan. But like, would only tell you that He's after like, like the bourgeoisie. <laughs> right. He's like, oh, the patriarchy yeah. is what he said originally. Yeah. But yeah, bourgeoisie is what he was said. Yeah, yeah. he'd say like, we got to sell the papes. Uh, what I do remember one last. <laughs> That the the word papes is used so frequently in this, and it's just like it doesn't. It's yeah. like oh, we got some they talking. They're all talking like old timey, like a Simpsons character. That sounds fun. Kind of, I'll watch yeah, like they are absolutely yeah. doing that. And like half of these, they're like, "Hey there, sir, would you like to buy a paper and a shoe shine? Hot damn, that'll be two cents. I'm gonna go get an Hot oyster. Damn. I'm gonna get some oysters. It's more like I'm gonna get some oysters for a fortune <laughs> for a penny before I go out there and sell some papes." About <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt or something like that. Like, um, that's my memory of it. All right. If nothing else, it'll be fun to make fun of. Yes. That's that part of it I like. That's always going to be great. Um, I know there's a lot of backflipping, a lot of high kicks, a lot of... Oh, it's, okay. All I, right. I get why it was success. It's a lot of hot guys dancing. Like, it's a, it's a bunch of, like, adult men playing teenage boys, like, dancing. So I'm like, no wonder why the girlies ate this up. They okay. were like, we saw yeah, sure. this and it it changed our brains. So, yeah, with that said, let's let's get into newsies. Let's hit the headlines. Let's read the papes. Let's, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and watch it. Yeah. Let's go read the headlines, as you said. We'll, we'll catch up. Yep. We'll uh, consolidate all of our different ideas, much like these newspapers. Much, much like the newspaper itself does. Yes. Also a dying form. But anyway. Yes. <laughs> anyway, yeah. All right. We're going to go to break, and we'll come back and discuss. Tapes. And we're back. We're back. We're back there, hey, buddy. We're back. Hey, uh, hey, how you doing there? You selling some papes <laughs> out there. Selling oh. the papes. We just watched a musical. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where my voice is going. I can't do it. Pirouettes out there. I sold. I'm I just sold turning 30. into a mobster, basically. <laughs> I could. I. It's you know, throw me off a cliff already. It's just like ten seconds of hearing myself do that. I'm like, I just don't. Maybe maybe life was not an option for me at this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but like, I'm like, I can't do that. Hey, how's it going, New York accent? Without going into like my god awful like waiting for Guffman Cockney, like hello. Yeah, it goes <laughs> like, Dickensian for you immediately. It just immediately becomes like Tiny Tim. Yeah, or like yeah, some street urchin. What do they call him? Street urchin? No, street urchin is uh, Aladdin. What do they fucking call him in the? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Anyway, yeah, yeah. yes, no, it gets very. Uh, uh, they call that transatlantic. How dare you? Transatlantic. <laughs> I'm bridging. Transatlantic English. Transatlantic English. Yes. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so we watched. We watched news. Yes. We watched the Pro Shot musical, which I don't remember if we mentioned this on the first half or not, but it is streaming on Disney Plus. Yes. And uh, let's go ahead and do our summary real quick, and then yeah. we'll get into our thoughts. Let's let's uh, yeah, get Newsies into it. is the story of a bunch of newsies. Yeah, that's uh, it is what led it says. By yeah, right. led by Jack Dawson. Just kidding, he's not Jack Dawson, but he has strong <laughs> Jack Dawson vibes. Same joke in my head. I was like, oh damn, yeah, it's Jack Dawson. We'll dive into it. We'll get into that later. But yeah, um, yeah, he survived the Titanic crash. He didn't actually die in that water. He came to America and started selling newspapers. Uh, right. Anyway, no, sorry, Jack. What the fuck's his last name? Jack Kelly. Kelly, right? Jack Kelly. He's this cool newsy kid. Yeah. The newsies are these kids who sell newspapers, as right. you might have guessed. Right. If you've seen an episode uh, of The Simpsons, you you know what a newsie yes. is. Right? Extra, extra, extra. Read all about it. Yeah. Eighteen ninety nine. They're yeah. running around selling newspapers. It's a bit of a pyramid scheme where they have to buy papers, and then when they buy the papers, and they sell them for an upcharge. Yeah. Uh, that's their status quo. Then these he's got a best friend. Uh, fucking what's his name with like the crutch? Crutchy, it's crutchy, literally crutchy, like Poochie. I'm gonna. It's gonna be nonsense. Yeah. Simpsons. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Why would you apologize to me about making Simpsons references? Yeah. True. I uh, have to go now. My planet needs me. Anyway, Crutchy <laughs> is there. He's crutching it up. Yeah. They're, uh, they talk about how hard it is, and they have to try and like play with people's sympathies in order to sell more papers. They're gonna go buy papers, and then there's this new kid who's there. Yeah, Davy. Uh, whose name might else? Davy. Yeah, and his little and he's brother. Like, Les. hey. And his brother last and he's like, hey, you shorted me because you're supposed to get 100 papers for 50 cents. Mm-hmm. And he's or sorry, 20, I guess, in this one is uh, 20 papers and he only gets 19. And he's like, hey, you're trying to stiff me. And the guy's like, no, whatever. And then Jack gets in the middle and he's like, ah, I'm sure it's just an honest mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so you're you're led to understand the sort of, 
you know, uncouth business practices of right. both the people on the floor and the middlemen and the it's all about corruption. Right. Because like basically the, 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 the issue is, is like once they buy the papers, if they do not make a, like as you said, like an MLM, if they do not sell the papers, yeah. they do not get their money You're back. Fucked. And these are like starving orphan children. So yes, these are starving orphan children with a uh, what was that one? Uh, LaRue, LaRue, LaRue something. Uh, Charlotte LaRue, I forget. There was some Emma, uh, <laughs> there was some Mark I Love a Malting. Uh, Mark oh, I Love oh, 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 Charlotte LaRue. Multi-level Charlotte, marketing. Yeah. Charlotte, the, was it Charlotte LaRue? Uh, Charlotte LaRue. There's the, the, the leggings one. Um, uh, LuLaRoe. That's what you're thinking of. It is. It's LuLaRoe. LuLaRoe. Yes. Yeah, we Didn't got they do there. a whole documentary about it? <laughs> yes. I, I'm just, I fucked that up. I'm so I, w- I watched it like five times. <laughs> yes, Sarah yeah. watched it too. She loved it. So I, apparently I didn't. Anyway, whatever. I derailed all that. Yeah, no. Uh, yes. So it's an MLM. It turns out that, and then it turns out, as we mentioned in the first half, that they're starting to, that, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Pulitzer, who's the head of the newspaper, which is The World, which there's some good jokes about he being like, when I created The World. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Double entendre. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, war's over, so nobody's buying papers anymore. Yeah. Uh, how do we solve this problem? Let's just increase the cost of news distribution for the newspaper and pass the buck yes. on to these starving children. I should add to say also that Dave Davy and Les actually have a family and like they kind yes. of come from a more, um, I guess, like stable background. And Davy yes. is like easily able to be like, hey, this is kind of weird and unjust in a way that like yeah. the other kids have I kind of already accepted that that's the way that life is. Yes. They, he gets parent shamed a bit. They're just like, oh, you've got parents and fucking went to school. A lottie da. Right. You're, check your parent privilege here. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but then like so they're walking, they're selling newspapers like the three of them, like Davey and Les decide to go with Jack. And then while they're out there, Warden Snyder of the Refuge, which is like the juvie of New York yep. City, sees Jack. And like it's revealed that Jack is an escapee from there. And then they go and hide in a theater that's run by this woman named Meta. And Mary in Meta. Mary, Mary, Ms. Mary Meta Larkin, and that we learned that Jack is actually a very talented artist who paints backdrops so for her. So talented. So talented. He's just like the most talented man. And then like as Meta is singing this song, uh, there's like this woman that he was flirting with at the very beginning that he sees in the mm-hmm. theater and he goes and flirts with her again. And she's a young like uh, reporter named like Catherine. And like she's like, oh, you know, she's very much like Disney 2010s heroine. Like, no, get away from me. Like, I'm, you know, girl power. No, I'm not also, it's it's a very 80s trope, by the way. I don't know if you got onto this, but like every action movie in the 80s was it was like Bloodsport and like Big Trouble in Little China. It's like the girl that would show up was like, I'm trying to report on this like right. weird, crazy thing that people are fighting. Like right. that was the way that they were able to insert women into those stories. Hey, April O'Neil, April O'Neil, baby. Yeah, April it's O'Neil. Just- <laughs> yeah, I'm here to report on what the boys are doing. Right. She's there to watch and take notes. Um, yes. Uh, but like he flirts with her. He draws her picture and she's like, oh, that was kind of hot. Draw me like one of your French girls. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And then so like the next morning they all go to the newspaper distribution place and then they learn that um, Pulitzer is raising the price of uh, papers by a dime and that every other newspaper is also doing this. Um, and so like very much like on the fly, uh, they decide to yeah. unionize. Like Jack's like, yeah. fuck it, we're unionizing. All of his children, we're going to like, unionize. This shit. And like Davey's yeah. like, oh, you got to have all this stuff, you know, to unionize. And so they're like, we got members. We got like a thing we that we want to declare. <laughs> like, yeah. So they figure out that's like the fastest a union has ever been thrown together. Like they're turbo, like they're, they're speed running a union. It's great. I'm happy for these kids. Um, they're kids. You know, kids are really easy to sway once like one person does it. And everyone's like, yeah, OK, sure. Why not? Exactly. And kids are also like, yeah, I can go to the moon. You don't have to tell me I have to go to like MIT or yeah. like Virginia Tech and Astrofit. I'm God just going to the em. fucking moon. You can, yeah, exactly. You can't you can't crush them. So that happens. And then like Catherine is like, oh, this is like a good story for me to get in front of. So I'm going to write about these newsy kids and, you know, make a career for myself. But she's also like kind of like talking about like but the leader is so hot. He's so hot. Oh, I I hate him so much. That kind of thing. He's so oh, my God, I have a crush on him. Right. Exactly. And like he gets his friend Davey to join in being like if you're because Davey, the the kid that comes from a stable family, his dad was let go of a job because he got injured on it. And Jack's like injured on the job. And there's no insurance. He doesn't have anything. So he basically has to step up and take care. Him and his brother had to start working to support the family. Yeah, they had to leave school to support the family. And Jack's like, well, if your dad had had a union, you know, you wouldn't be in this mess. So, of course... And he's right. Fair point. Very fair point. Uh, so, yeah, they successfully like show up the next day. They get like the there's like this thing. It's more of a thing in the movie because I did watch the movie again. Um, oh, you did? Okay. Yesterday just for this. But like they're also like, oh, the Brooklyn Newsies uh, are the terrifying Newsies. And then the Brooklyn Newsies right. also show up immediately and join them. And it's more of a thing in the movie where they're like, I don't know. Like the Brooklyn Newsies are like way more of a thing. Which 
is really hilarious to me, like considering what Brooklyn's become now. Where <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, these are the ones that are all like baristas and have like artisan pizza shops. It's not like what Brooklyn used to be. Right, right, right. <laughs> they're like, oh, no, it's the Park Slope paper kids. They're yeah, showing exactly. up <laughs> like they're American it's, it's apparel. It's the yuppies. Oh, no. <laughs> right. They're here to sell like recycled organic paper for right. an upcharge of $50 a newspaper. Shit. Right. They're and selling, tote bags they're selling New Vice magazine bags. like they're doing yeah, exactly. that. <laughs> they're like, oh, fuck Brooklyn. But yeah, like in this, it's like, oh, Brooklyn is like massive in and of itself. And like, Brooklyn they're also used to be scary. A tough place. Yeah. yeah. But the Brooklyn kids show up and they do their big song and they're dancing with their newspapers. And then like the scabs show up and then the scabs are persuaded. Yeah. And like Jack does this whole like thing about child labor. And then like the yeah. goon squad comes in on behalf of Pulitzer and like breaks it up. Rough everybody uh, up. Right. Uh, yeah. Crutchy gets like arrested and taken to like the child refuge, uh, the, the prison basically for kids. The prince kids. The prison. The prison. Child- Prison, yeah, <laughs> the child prison. Uh, it's not and, good. No, Things it's not good. good. And, and yeah. fucking uh, Jack gets really upset. He takes it very personally, and he feel he's starting to now grow a little bit as a person, and he's feeling responsible. Yeah, it's not just about the principle. Is that he realizes that he's putting his friends and all these kids in danger now because of this thing, and he second guesses himself, which. You know, it's initially he seems he's very uh, he's very embarrassed by it and he feels like he fucked up, which is a reasonable thing to do because you're worried about the safety of others. But then what's her name shows up and they have to have a discussion where he's like where she's like, yeah, you know, but that's that's you got to break a few eggs if you want to make an omelet kind of thing. She's like nothing. Rome wasn't built in a day. You got to like pull it together. You're the president of this union. Uh, and his, yeah. his two friends, Davey and his little brother show up and then they're just like, hey, guess she was like, also my article about you guys made the front page of the New York Sun. And they're like, oh shit, all the kids are like, God, when we're famous from this, like we're going to be like famous. That's basically it. I just, famous, yeah. We're just it's be like so Instagram famous. kids now. They're like, like and subscribe. We're going to be super <laughs> right. famous. We made the front page of the New York Sun. That's getting like, you know, Instagram famous. Yeah. Um, but then Pulitzer, uh, oh, one thing oh. we forgot to mention is that he has this dream of moving to Santa Fe because oh, that's basically yes. like his his made up story in his mind where like where he can go to Santa Fe and everything will be fine. And yeah. this, as we all have, I'm going to move to yes. this place and none of my problems will not, will exist there. My problems certainly won't follow me to this other place. No, exactly. If I move down to Tampa, Florida, I will be fine. Yeah. Like it'll be, exactly. he has, that's the Santa Fe. Again, another Broadway song about Santa Fe. Broadway loves Santa Fe. Um, but yeah, so, so strange. It's it's I I have family from Santa Fe. It is a beautiful place, to be perfectly fair, but also Santa Fe. Um, but so Pulitzer, however, also blacks out news about the strike. Yes, he cock blocks so, them. He absolutely cock blocks the news. And um, uh, basically, uh, let's see what happens after that. Uh, Crutchy writes a letter telling him how awful like the jail is. And then. Um, yeah. Basically, Jack goes down. He's in Jackson hiding in, in Jack, Meta's theater. Yeah, Jack yeah, comes out eventually though, and he decides he becomes emboldened to go negotiate. Yeah, with um, Pulitzer, and then it turns out that Pulitzer is like, "Yeah, hey, blah blah blah," and then it's like twist. Oh yeah, Guess plot twist. <laughs> plot twist. The um, girl that you like that has a crush is actually my daughter. Right, and it's just like, <gasps> and like you Gasp. know, Jack Jack is so betrayed, and it's basically like he's he he drops that bomb, and you know he's already been demoralized by like yeah. the first round of strikes, and then he hears that, and then um. Pulitzer is basically like, um, oh, hey, you can work for me and stop this and I'll leave you and your friends alone. But you got to stop doing this shit and I'll give you like whatever money. Rich guy move. Uh, I believe they said we'd rather have you. I believe the phrase is having them inside the tent rather than outside of the tent. Right, right, right. They do this in politics all the time where we're trying to we're going to try and control our dissenters by including them in it. Exactly. And then yeah. uh, Catherine tries to apologize, but like he's like, it's like it's like Aladdin. He's like, you lied to me and you lied yeah. to me and blah, 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 blah. Um, and then like the next morning, there's more striking again. But like Jack shows up as like a scab, like or he's like telling yeah. them to not do it. And like he's, he's like, like, yeah, I know we're all here to fuck shit up and all that. But yeah. maybe Pulitzer's got a point. Right. And he can't tell his <laughs> maybe friends. We should just, yeah. He can't tell his friends that he's doing it so they don't go to jail, like to, to the child jail. He, like he's doing it to save yeah. them and also realizing like I Again, that that issue of like, am I hurting more people? This is not just about me. This is about right. Like, w- it's a the- tough place to be in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so all of his friends are upset, and then like they're all fighting and stuff. But then like Catherine is like, oh, like let's make our own newspaper. Like we'll use Jack's art, and um, yeah, we'll, I, we'll also get all the other like 
like child laborers in the city um, of of the many trades because and it's true it's like so much of child yeah. labor was running the American economy at that point. Yep. So. It's like, let's give everybody something to believe in. So the gang all get together. They find an abandoned, like, an old press, and they start making, like, their own manifesto. And um, Teddy Roosevelt shows up. <laughs> manifesto. They're distributing, like, fucking communist pamphlets right. like, around, essentially. Right. And then Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt sees one, and, like, Teddy Roosevelt shows up for the Newsies cause. he's governor at this point. He's not yet president, I believe, in the story. And there's, I should say, there's like this reoccurring thing where Jack is like, I escaped child prison the first time right. on the back of Teddy Roosevelt's uh, carriage when he was like, you know, um, petitioning to be governor of the states and visiting all. Like, yeah, he was the, campaigning the and shit. Yeah. And uh, so Teddy Roosevelt shows up. I'm trying to figure out the remember the remains of the actual deal. He says Pulitzer should buy back the newspapers. Like, that's basically it. He's like, if you let if you that's buy back the newspapers. That happens, yeah. yeah. Which I think is what happened in real life is what I was reading. It actually did end up staying at 60 cents. But then they had to buy back the newspapers that were not used. So they were like, all right, cool, whatever. Yeah, so right. So they weren't left with the cost. Yes. And thank you. And uh, then Roosevelt's also like, I'm also going to shut down the child prison. And um, Crutchy, Crutchy comes out and like the guy who runs the prison is arrested. And then Pulitzer is like, well, why don't you work for me now as a cartoonist? And Jack's like, um, no, I'm going to go to Santa Fe. But then like his friends are like, you don't want to leave us yeah. and and then he's like okay i guess i'll stay and that's yeah that's basically it that's basically the end everything everyone ends happy and then pulitzer yeah. is like i'm gonna create the most prestigious award that right. uh, is noble and beautiful <laughs> right. despite the fact that i'm a monster and i can't believe that the pulitzer is named after him it is it is very um, like funny just kind of being like surprise <laughs> right the, right like it's a uh, um very funny, like how it kind of ends and it's like, OK, like Pulitzer's fine. He's just like a grumpy, uh, you know, he just needed to have his heart softened by the voices of the youths. Um, it's very funny in the movie because it's Robert Duvall playing that character and it is played yeah. completely the opposite way. He is like doing Mr. Burns and that he's going full Mr. Yeah. Burns. Like when the children are outside cheering, he's doing like, ah, oh, the horrible uh, sound of chill. Like, oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, that's, so that's Newsies. That's Newsies. Yeah. That's Newsies in a nutshell. Yeah. It was a, you know, the, the pro shot. I actually didn't. Uh, I, d I only watched the pro shot. I did not watch sure. the movie. I started to watch the movie and I was like, eh, who cares? This, this is more this about a, the musical. This is enough dancing children for yes. for two, <laughs> for one day for me. Cause I, I yeah. had that thought too. So I won't, I won't talk too much about the movie, but yeah. Sure. Yeah. But it was funny cause I was, as I was watching it, the thing that you said in the first half that stuck with me was how you said like a lot of the sort of, uh, if there is such a thing, the dude bros of musical theater, uh, all tended to love this. Yeah. Uh, and as I was watching it, I was like, yeah, I get it. I was like, it's about you and your homies when you're like kids, like <laughs> right. fucking shit up and like you're unsupervised and you're just trying to figure out like your next scam to make money. Right. And then there's some asshole like dickhead dad figure who's like trying to take your shit. Yeah. And you basically like bond together and just try and overthrow the government and like overthrow businesses and like burn it all down. And like you hate your dad. And it's very and I was like, yeah, this is sort of like every kind of like regular basic uh, straight guy kind of fantasy is essentially like what Newsies is. So I, I, I wouldn't fault them for all. And also you get to do a bunch of like cool flips. It's just yeah. Like, so kind many of fucking flips. ninja karate adjacent. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So you're still getting to do all this cool shit. Like, yeah. I get I was like, I get it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, if I was a young boy who was into musicals who, you know, I'd be like, yeah, OK, I get it. It's fun. I, I had said I yesterday think, uh, when we did, or sorry, on Monday when we did part one, um, just like the idea that like for me, this was Annie for boys. And then like watching both this and then the the movie version of it, I'm like, it is absolutely, it is, it's one, orphans singing. They're all, they all got a heart of gold. Like the thing, <laughs> I'll save this for gold. later. Hearts of gold amongst all of them. Uh, it's also like that um, late 19th century, early 20th century progressive politics. There's a change in the wind mm -hmm. and then a president shows yeah. up and there's like one yeah. adult figure they can trust. And like, exactly. Yeah, there's an evil person running like an orphanage prison. It is like this is this is that. And uh, to to your point, it also is very much the plot of like every other like Disney live action movie kind of geared towards boys like the Mighty Ducks. Where it's just like, look at these kids just clowning around. They got one yeah. adult they can trust rag and the world's against team. them. The ragtag yeah. like it's heavyweights. It's 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 all of it's the everything. It's all the Disney live action movies uh, geared towards boys, but with song and dance. And uh, yeah, like I as, again, someone who had like no attachment to this 
mm-hmm. sitting and watching it. I, I think maybe, I guess I, on the whole, enjoyed it a lot more than I thought. I don't know if this is something I would ever seek out for myself, but like I was yeah. sitting there watching it and going like, well, I guess this one's kind of fun because um, Newsies was a bomb. And as much as this was like motivated by fans asking for a musical version, it's not mm-hmm. beholden to like having to be exactly the, the Lion King yeah. or having to be like, it can just, I don't know, have a little bit more fun with that. And so I, out of all, because I, you know, I just saw Aladdin and was not a huge fan of that, and, mm-hmm. and on the whole, I'm not a big Disney theatrics person, but I, I, I enjoyed myself. I was like, okay, I get it. I can see, and like the other thing that happened was my daughter came down while I was watching it. I'd already put her ah, to bed, okay. and she was just like, "What are you watching?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, it's a musical called Newsy." She's like, "Can I?" And we're sitting there watching it. And we get to like the big song, "Seize the Day." Like that's one of the few songs I remembered from this movie because like. That's the big song from that. That now is the time to seize the day when they're going to strike and they're dancing on the newspapers and stuff. And Josie turns to me and she looks me in the face as it ends. And she goes, I think those boys took a lot of dance lessons. (laughs) 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 And like, that's her takeaway. And I was like, what a way to describe like my thoughts about this show. Like, I think those boys did take a lot of dance lessons, ton of dance lessons, like I know we say this every time we have a really like choreography heavy show, but man, the, yeah. the, the the weight of time on my shoulders. Jesus, no, this is this is a a, a high flipping yield uh, so of this many. show. Lots of flips, lots yeah. of flipping around. I don't think I've seen a show that has that kind of flipping in it. To be honest, is there? I can't think of anything. I, I can't like the flips to like song ratio is like pretty much like 50 50. <laughs> you're either getting flips or you're getting songs. And every time a new number starts out, you're like, surely this won't be a big flipping number. And oh, fucking flips galore. Flips, <laughs> backhanded springs or whatever they're called. Just like tumbling through the air. Gymnastics like it yeah. is. It's it, also it, kind of borderline like b-boy shit where like they're almost kind of doing their <laughs> right? own like break like early 1900s break dancing. Yeah. It's sort of again it's like New York like a bunch of kids like on the street it seems very similar instead of on a piece of cardboard they're fucking spinning around on uh, newspapers but like for political purposes. Right, right. They're like um, splitting them apart with their feet. Like I I sat there going like how the fuck many times did they have to rehearse this? <laughs> Cuz yeah, this looks like insane to me but yeah just um and i and watching the film i was kind of shocked by how much of the choreography is lifted from the film because i was like surely there's not this many flipping boys and let me tell you something about the movie (laughs) it is all flipping boys but like it's the flipping boys of musical (laughs) yeah exactly boys you're like i don't know do you want romance you uh, you see phantom of the opera do you want um you know girl power you go see wicked do you want flips do you want kicks yeah you want, you want flips? We'll do you want, it. You want boys sounding like that? It's like everyone's trying yeah. out for West Side Story. You know what's funny is what mu- what musical this also made me think of on some level, which uh, is interesting because I think this is inherent in every story that's about unions, mm-hmm. uh, is that it r- reminded me of Hamilton. Oh, um, sure. Because essentially the idea of of people binding together to form a union because they don't like getting, you know, you know gutted by somebody who's trying to take their fucking money is this is it's like the story of America, really, essentially, like minus all the slavery and genocide, obviously. Um, But (laughs) you take those parts out of it. It's about people being like, hey, fuck you. We're not going to give our money to you. Eat shit. We're all going to bond together and go to war, essentially. So, like, there is this inherently like American kind of story in it. Sure. uh, Which makes it uh, interesting, I think, like it, it gives it a little bit more weight. It's more than just. I mean, especially now, like in this moment, like this is such a salient story. Like, Jesus Christ, I was actually thinking about this the other day. I'm like, I can't think of a single day that I have woken up and listened to the news where there isn't another mention of yet another fucking union either forming or going. I mean, it's crazy. This past, I'd say, I don't know, maybe 18 months. Yeah, yeah. It feels like it's just constant. It's nonstop. It's like and it's also funny to that point that you were making earlier is that uh, the kid who um, had a little bit of money, right? The kid whose whose dad was, you know, got kicked out of work because he had to pay for medical bills and because he was able to go to school. Uh, it's a lot of that guy's knowledge that ends up being the basis for how they form the union because he understands like, you know, labor rights and working and all that stuff because he's been educated. Yeah. And a lot of what uh, apparent what I keep hearing about, again, I don't know this for sure myself, but what I keep hearing about is how because the more, you know, college educated class has entered the workforce and what were typically more sort of for lack of a better, they're not blue collar, but like service industry kind of jobs. Uh, they're the ones who are sort of more educated about like 
well, you can do this and there's this and there's this unit, which is a lot of why these unions end up forming now as opposed to what they've historically been, because these people who come out with like a college degree can't necessarily get a job in the fields that they had you know, been promised. So it's like this weird uh, overlap of, of um, you know, college educated and non, non-college educated people. And it, it, I think it unintentionally exemplifies that in this in the story, which I thought was kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's that old conservative thing like, oh, college kids are the one that cause all the trouble because like, you know, and then they end up going and like rejecting everything they're taught and then spreading their filthy ideas to the masses and, you know, that sort of thing. And to 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 your earlier point about how like, oh, this is just kind of like what today has been like nonstop news about unionizing. Even within the story of that, there's like a, a trolley strike that is also going on yeah, in this. That's, like, that's been it, lasting yeah. for like uh, like almost a month at that point. And it's just kind of like there's like this nonstop feeling of like, oh, unions like like the importance of unions and just like this eternal struggle of like people demanding better for themselves. Yeah, this is fucking 120 years ago. And it's like, and you know, as we said before, it's like it's based on true story. Um, but in many ways it just, it never fucking ends. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It never ends. Like Josie was like, I was sitting there as much as she was like kind of very much about like, Oh, you know, boys and girls and like gender roles and stuff like that. And so she's like watching and it's just like all like, wait, sidebar. So I have to say, if I had seen this when I was 14, this would have like fucking rocked my world. Like this would have been like, cause it, I, and I was trying to think about, I'm like, why, does this have like such a big fan base? There's so much fan fiction, so much fan fiction. I checked. Um, like, why do people love this? And I'm like, it's a bunch. It's it's a gang of Aladdins because they're all Aladdin. And when, like going back to <laughs> it's Aladdin, it's literally like Aladdin the musical. I was just waiting for the one guy to come out and talk about Tabuli. What was his name? Right, right, right. The shitty sidekick that they kept making fun of for being overweight. Yeah, yeah. It really no. That's actually very apt. It's it's, it's all a bunch it's of a, Aladdins. It's a gang it's of Aladdins, and they all have like very different like flavors to them. Not very different, but like they all have like some. They all have their thing, and like they're all like yeah. good-hearted ultimately and they're all singing and they're all played by like really cute guys like I would have like lost my mind had I seen this when I was 14 I would have like re- like and I, I tweeted something like being like I would not have been normal and somebody was like Angelina honestly are you normal today like <laughs> did, did seeing Phantom at 14 make you any better yeah, than what seriously. you would have been <laughs> so I was like touche very fair but yeah it was like Joe was watching this she likes Aladdin and I was just kind of sitting there going like She's like, oh, this guy's interesting. I'm really about him. Just like sitting there like this. And I'm just like, oh, it's because they're all Aladdin's like. And the music's very Aladdin, too. That was the other thing, too, just based on, you know, the writing team. That's the other thing I kept noticing. I was like, it it looks it feels like a Disney movie. I mean, it is. It's a Disney movie that they put on stage. Yeah. But it's it does feel like this weird when you see it as a musical from a movie that is not particularly popular. It is sort of weird to be like, oh, it's it's weird to watch this stage musical where the music feels like a Disney uh, Renaissance movie that never existed. So there's this sort of dissonance for me when I'm watching it where I'm like, it feels familiar, even though it's not. It's strange. So you feel it. You you're, you you feel like you understand the sort of the f- <laughs> fandom around it. The I, I get belligerent, it. bloodthirsty fandom. Just it. That is like there for the girls. Like, absolutely. I understand it. 100%. I don't know, again, if it's something I would have, even at this point, like uh, searched out for myself, sussed out. Um, but I get it. And I, I kind of see why like people are like, Tell, talk about it. Because I think it is like kind of the most, um, I, I guess, interesting because it has something to say in a way that like, I don't know, what you walk yeah. away from the Lion King with that you didn't already walk away from the Lion King with. Um, or like where it's just kind of like, oh, you know, a story of succession about royalty or, you know, like two sisters. I don't know. This had like it had a something. love triangle. Dear God, every fucking musical is a love triangle. Right. Exactly. Like this just has something like really relevant and interesting to say. And at the end of the day, it's Disney. So it has to end nicely where it's like Pulitzer's not a bad guy. And even like the cops at the end are like, ah, oh, they're not going to hit you anymore. Eh, it's, like, it's like that. You see that. And it's like literally all in the last five minutes. And you're like, OK, you know, but like um, there's something uh, interesting to it. There's some some actual real world heft to it. And even just like yesterday um, while we're watching the seas, the day number and trying mm-hmm. to like I'm sitting there trying to explain to my daughter to give her context about what she's seeing and like trying to explain yeah. what a union is or why like mm-hmm. these people are angry. And like, I'll be real. I haven't had that conversation with her watching like any other like <laughs> Disney thing. I'm just like, oh, like this is like interesting. In collective that bargaining. She's yeah. a little bit young, probably to understand collective <laughs> bargaining. Maybe and she's like, mom, I just want to watch them do flips. I'm just watching them <laughs> do flips. <laughs> 
I'm just watching them do flips. But like, uh, yeah, like there's You're like, some... <laughs> Comrade Josie, please sit down and let me explain to you. <laughs> right. I need to explain to you <laughs> the why. The plight of the working man and the bourgeoisie's control. <laughs> right. I hand her a copy of um, uh, just like the Communist Manifesto and just sit her down and explain like, yeah. Or like t- explain to her like the cost of bread and why that's important. Oh, I do. I do my Logan Roy thing where I'm like, tell me how much a gallon of milk is. Uh, yeah. Josie and she's just how like how much does a banana cost like ten dollars ten dollars right <laughs> and she's like mom I'm just watching those boys dance that's that's all I want to watch but yeah, yeah there's something uh interesting to it and I have a really good friend um who we often like just talk about movie stuff in the background and um mm-hmm. he had never seen Newsies and he was taking he, like apparently there's like a community theater production of it relatively nearby going on um near my house and he's like oh I'm thinking of taking you know oh, no my shit. young yeah and he's like I'm thinking of taking my young kids to see it but I've never seen Newsies like should I do it and I'm like if you want a really great intro into talking about unions and like you know like collective bargaining and workers rights honestly sure why not I, yeah. I can't imagine it wouldn't be fun for them you know it's it's a good like kid musical Real quick, so you mentioned something about all the fan fiction and shit. Do you know, like, specifically what it goes into? It's just, uh, I honestly didn't sit and read it, but most of it's just kissing. Um, like, it's, <laughs> like, it's just kissing. It's just kissing. It's, ju- it's just what most fan fiction is. It's just kissing. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, I, I, this is not to downplay anything, because, like, if you asked me, like, about the fandoms that I actually do get into that, like, turf with... Um, you could also just say it's just kissing, but that would be like, you know, just the, the tip of the iceberg above the very dark, meaty surface of, of Arkham sure. of Our Own okay. or fanfiction.net. But it is just a lot of like, oh, um, Jack and Davey are planning a un- like a, a union meetup and blah, blah, blah. And then, oops, something One thing spills. leads to another. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, you know what? More power to you. Uh, was I sitting and writing like Harry Potter fan fiction about Sirius Black and Professor Lupin in 2001? Yes, I was. So I understand the urge. But um, yeah, I get it. This is just me now saying I get it. And um, honestly, like even walking away from Newsies the movie and revisiting that uh, yesterday, I, I'm like, OK, I get it now. Like seeing it mm-hmm. not surrounded by like musical theater boys screaming at me, which yeah. now I have so much uh, empathy for you now about like a lot of the things <laughs> I get <excited laughs> about. I'm like. Oh, okay. Okay. I get it. I get it. Oh, the other thing it reminded me of, um, and also what this does, but because it's more older, it's young adults playing kids versus the movie, um, hook the, the movie has such hook yeah, energy that, definitely. and like, and then like this also carries on again, same thing, this bunch of orphan has, boys. Yeah, it's, of, yeah it's, like, it's, it's parentless kids. Yeah. It's orphans running around. Yeah. And I he's love essentially that. essentially in his own way. He's Peter Pan. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. Jack is. Yeah. I love that, you know, whatever the the, adults fighting the adults, you know, sticking it to your dad who won't let you go see Jurassic Park um, because you (laughs) got a C in um, math. Lame. Lame. Super lame. And you just want to stick it to dad. You want to say, dad, fuck you, dad. I, I, I should be allowed. That was my entire, my entire summary of, of Hamilton was you're not my dad. The (laughs) the musical is essentially what it was. Basically. It's like, you're not like a bunch of men just walk around being like, but which really that's all straight men for the most part. Right. You're not my dad. I'm angry about that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and if you were my dad, I'm also angry. We're just all angry at our dads. Right. Uh, Unless you're Teddy Roosevelt or then yes. Teddy Roosevelt's everyone's dad at the end. Everyone's He's the only dad. PSA. Go to therapy if you're mad at your dad. It really yeah. Helps. It, uh, honestly, yeah. <laughs> and I love that whatever the gender divide is about other things, we all want to be orphans at the end of the day. Like that is just like yes. the, the, the universal child, like fantasy of like, it's, I don't it's, have the, it's the greatest fear and the greatest fantasy. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, and then right. you grow up and you're like, Oh, oh you know, that's yeah. horrific. Why would yeah. you ever want that? Yeah. It's strange. Um, so I had, I had thoughts on something that I don't know if anyone will care about, but I thought it should be mentioned. Sure. And this is like a filmmaking side of it. Sure. Uh, which has to do with the, how you make a pro shot. Oh, sure. So I, I I don't know if you, how you felt about it, just the way that it was filmed and the way that it was edited, but it sent me down this, this kind of rabbit hole of watching it because I thought that this pro shot in particular was very distracting and it made me think about the filmmaking process and also what you're filming, why you're filming it, how you're filming it. Yeah. And the, the uh, analog I could think of was, you know, a, a live performance like this is meant to be documented. It's not meant to be filmed in a way where like you're the director who's trying to make a movie about this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, so, it's sort of like a, 
obviously like a concert is, is the first parallel, but another one I was thinking of was particularly this show with so much flipping and stuff. Uh, it almost feels like a sporting event. Like it feels like you're watching a gymnastics show or Uh like maybe you're watching figure skating, for example, those are the two I was thinking of. And, um, the way you film those kinds of things end up being a lot of, you know, closely held, not closely held shots, uh, consistently held shots and not a lot of cutting because you're trying to show the acrobatics and the incredible footwork and, you know, jumping around, as we said, like constant flipping that these actors are putting their fucking, you know, necks at risk by doing this and potentially like falling over and like breaking their spines. Right. Eight days a week uh, or eight, eight days, days a week. Eight it's, eight it's crazy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what this ends up doing is, is this film is the pro shot specifically what it does is it takes these really terrible <laughs> camera angles where my, my thought I was trying to unpack this. I think what the director might've been thinking is, you know, Oh, we're filming this. We get to be on stage with cameras. Let's show angles that you maybe not, get to see when you're in the audience, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it works against it because what it ends up doing is, is this thing is staged because essentially you're not directing the performance. Mm -hmm. Really all you're directing is where the camera goes. You're not directing the staging or the blocking or any of that stuff. So you end up having this kind of roaming camera that goes in and out into like these medium shots, these close up shots, or these like somewhat wider shots. There's weird overhead shots and they make no fucking sense and there's no context for why you're cutting to any of these shots. And they're staged to be seen by an audience who's sitting in a crowd, you know, in front of it. It's all like this big proscenium. It's meant to be sort of looked at from one angle. And so all of a sudden, when you have this camera come over to the side, it doesn't make any sense because you're like, the staging doesn't make sense here. I don't know why. I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking at or why I'm looking at it. And there's this insistence to keep cutting to these weird angles. Yeah. And it takes me out of it. It took me out of it a lot of time. A lot of the time. It's it's really distracting. And it's also they had this propensity to do too much cutting where uh, there was one specific moment that made me want to rip whatever hair I have left out. <laughs> and it was this it was the moment I think it was like right before the end of the first act, before they go to the second act where they're sort of like getting crazy and they're stomping on the papers and shit. Mm-hmm. And then there's this one dude who shows up and he puts the newspaper on the floor and he does this like pirouette spinny, like fucking figure skating move where he just goes like, like he's just going over and over and over again. And I counted it. There's five cuts for this one move that this guy does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, remember that. What I'm yes, about? yeah. And it's like, it's a wider shot, it's a medium shot, it's this overhead shot. And then it cuts to this and it does fucking nothing. It does nothing for what you're watching. And all it really does is take away from this incredible feat of. Of, of like, you know, kind of, I don't know if you would call it ballet or figure skating or what it might be. It's sort of somewhere in between the two of them. And, and also like a really kind of interesting use of a set mm-hmm. by having it be on a newspaper. I don't think I've seen something like that. I don't even know how the fuck they do that. Is the newspaper helping him spin? Like, I don't know. And it feels like the director is trying to heighten the energy of this moment by like having so many angles and so many cuts. But really all it does is, is just it demeans what's already clearly happening in front of you. And it, it comes off as like very insecure. Yeah. Uh, it, it made me think about, again, I don't care because I don't like musicals, but I care on your guys' behalf. Sure, right. <laughs> these things, the, I, I, and I do actually believe this, like, I think these pro shots are actually very important. They're they're documenting something that, you know, Broadway is this expensive thing. It's like both in terms of tickets to go be able to see it or in case where something gets sold out forever and they're fucking sold on the secondary market or proximity because you don't live there or because it's only there for a limited time or maybe these shows were up like, 15, 20, 30 years. Right. I think it's actually a really important gift to this medium to have these things that have been pre-recorded, and you have a certain responsibility to make sure that you're filming it in the way that's for the right reasons and for the right purposes instead of about you trying to show off that you're fucking awesome. And, and obviously, I don't really know what the circumstances for this were. Maybe it was like they only had like two days to cut the whole thing together and they, they just sort of pulled it out of their ass. So apologies if that was the case. But I just thought that maybe somebody listening to this might be in a position someday where they're going to be doing something where they're going to be involved in something like this, where they're either filming it or asked to direct it. And I think that like that's something to consider. I think you should film it more like a sporting event or like a you know, or like a concert or something rather than trying to make something super fancy and weigh your thumb too heavily on the scale for it. That's anyway, that's, that's the end of my no, TED talk. That's um, <laughs> I actually because like of, of the things that like um, in terms of just watching the, the 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 pro shot of this that I couldn't put my finger on what was like, OK, I'm enjoying this, but also like what there's something going on here. And uh, I think 
it's that. And this kind of goes to, um, so like infamously with a lot of movie musicals that star people who aren't necessarily great dancers, um, even good ones like Chicago, uh, you'll see like a lot of the big criticism of it coming from people who like the art form is like you can tell they're cutting very fast to distract from yeah. the fact that people and you see this in Newsies the movie with Christian Bale, like they are constantly cutting yeah. around him. And it's insane to me because you actually have this Broadway like the, the thing about Newsies the movie yes. is like. This needs you can see like the impetus for it to be a Broadway show where you don't have mm-hmm. like these like fakey sound stagey sets. You can just kind of like leave it relatively plain and let the dancing kind of be its own thing yeah. and on one level. And so you see that in the movie. And it is kind of like galling that they have these insanely talented people who can do all of this all across the board, like uniform. Yeah. And you're constantly cutting around it. Yeah. Like that, that is like, kind of like, uh, interesting. And the dark, tragic thought that I had while you were talking about this is all I could think about was <laughs> the love never dies pro shot, which is actually yeah. really well shot for what it is. <laughs> like, I'm like, how did love never dies get a better pro shot than this? And I, yeah, I guess yeah, they have to think, Oh, it's more exciting. If like we're cutting constantly and showing all the angles, angles and like it's high energy in the way that like cutting constantly in Moulin Rouge is high energy but like not really getting like no like this right is... but that's exactly it though it's in yeah in, and that's a that's exactly the point to to take away from this is that like if you're making a movie musical you're staging it and you're cutting it for a specific effect in terms of film as a medium but a a, a pro shot is actually you're not you're not there to make a film you're there to capture like I said like a sporting event you're there to see a fucking gymnast bounce around and do some crazy triple axle, whatever the fuck backflip into like a tumble roll. It's not about you. It's not about your hand as the editor or the cinematographer. It's about capturing this person's performance and showing that as clearly as possible so that others can also sort of experience it from afar. Uh, and I think that like a lot of pro shots, but this particularly, it was like an egregious example to me where I was like, you're not making a movie here, dude. Like you should, th- this, that's not what this is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so no, like I, said, I, I that think... was like my cranky old filmmaker brain was thinking about that, but I think uh, maybe I take this for granted cause I'm in a bit of a bubble in LA and sure. I've worked in the film industry and I assume that people probably know this, but I, I've learned that a lot of people don't necessarily have access to the information. So this is my, this is my video essay. Contribution I do think that's, that's a really, episode. I think that's a really interesting point to bring up. Cause there's one thing about this, this pro shot they did like, you know, the, the, um, what is it? The fathom events for it. And, uh, it sold out across the country and then they mm-hmm. added more to it. And there is like a push. Cause I mean, it's an expensive endeavor to do a pro shot of something, but as, as, as people are more able to access bootlegs as pro shots become, you know, more popular, like, cause they have become a lot more popular to do for shows. If you can afford to do them yeah. over the last 10 years, like there is like, why not actually shoot this in a way that, um, I guess, preserves what it is versus it being a film and when you have something really popular like this pro shot and it's just kind of like is doing this insanely like weird shit that isn't helping its case or even preserving what the show is then it's kind of like well what's the point so i think that's actually a really interesting thing to bring up not something i ever really thought specifically about pro shots but like it articulates something i didn't really know how to articulate as someone who is not like a film person but no i think that's that's actually a really interesting argument to bring up here with this yeah yeah thank you yeah. I, I thought it did a disservice to this. It was it was distracting from sure, like we said, like the kind of crazy acrobatics that these kids were able to. I mean, not kids, but yeah. these adults dressed as kids were able to. Do. <laughs> right, these adults masquerading as as starving children were able to do. And, and as we said too, it's like this is. I imagine this would have been a harder one to do as well because like it's probably got the most movement out of a lot of the shows that we have seen too. Just in terms of the sheer volume of people flipping around and jumping around and doing shit, like it's very high energy. Yeah, like I, I want maybe and maybe you know this, maybe you don't. Maybe it's like a lot of the pro shots I've seen whenever they have like these kind of like wide dance routines. It's usually like the camera pans kind of around the stage or yeah. it fixates farther back into the theater uh-huh. and doesn't really cut. And then most most of the motion you get from the camera is either cutting like from one side to the other or just following the camera around. And maybe it's like they because there's so much dancing in this, they're like, this is getting stagnant and I don't know. They're like, or, fuck it. Fuck it. Like, let's just let's just cut everything, baby. But like, I don't know. Like they had eight thousand cameras on this thing. They clearly put money into it. Like 
Yeah, I don't know. it's crazy. Like yeah. The overhead shots. I'm like, what is what is this shit? Like, yeah, I don't. There's, that's usually not what I'm thinking about. I've never when, seen yeah. that before in a pro shot. I was like, that was insane to me. Yeah, I've seen it like maybe understand. once or twice in a pro shot that I can think of off the top of my head. They did it with Bobby and Being Alive where he has like his big note at the end. They have like this weird overhead shot and it's a little silly, honestly. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't really see him that often. And I kind of, yeah, was like, eh, sure, why not? Um, I'd rather yeah, be watching the yeah. dancing. As far as I guess we sort of briefly went over this, but real quick before we wrap it up, um, did you have strong thoughts about I, I didn't really the music, as I mentioned before, like it just feels like a Disney Renaissance movie that I had like I had forgotten about, obviously, that I'd never seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's it felt like 90s uh, music, like Disney cartoon musical, like it was some weird thing that slipped in between Lion King and fucking Aladdin and, and Little Mermaid or something. That's that's sort of the vibe of it. It felt like you're very you know, half that half, like your kind of classic standard Broadway right. uh, tone that, you know, I don't necessarily care for, but I the, the one number I did think, I, I think maybe the title was something different. I, I, world will know. Is that the one that you said? Yeah. Was Seize and the, the day? world will, well, there's world the world will know. Will know. So, seize the day is the one where they're dancing on the newspaper. It's no, it's the time oh, I'm to sorry. seize the day. It's kind Cause of they also do kind of bring the theme of it back, but I thought world will know was like a good anthem, particularly mm-hmm. for, which I know that there was a Newsies Day strike at some point, like in one of the strikes here, like over the summer. But I feel like that would be a good thing to sing at the fucking show. Sure, the world will <laughs> well, no. Yeah. Nice. Um, so my thoughts on that are like um, I fairly recently in a discord was like somebody had mentioned, oh, uh, so the song Go the Distance from Hercules, you know, that song. Yeah, I'm yeah, on yeah. my way. I love that song, but someone in a Discord was like, I think that's honestly mid Alan Menken, and everyone got like super Ooh. offended. Disagree, hardcore. But listening to this, and I and obviously we've talked about this many times with people who are immensely prolific and are very good at what they do. Not everything yeah. is always going to be like the gold standard, and that's sure. not a bad yeah, thing. Yeah. And to me, a lot of the music is very much that's what mid Alan Menken is. The house like. style kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's nothing, nothing like Again, like the so the song that Wanna Razzie from the movie is cut from the show and they it's it's a song that Meta sings. They give her a new song okay. in this, and I the song is better, to be perfectly honest, her like little fun burlesque song. But it's not like yeah. a it's not like a like um like a Rebecca Black Friday levels of like this is bad. <laughs> it's just it's perfectly whatever. Like and that's kind of like a lot of the music is just kinda of like, um, it's fine. That said, uh I did feel like a sleeper cell agent having not like seen or thought of Newsies in a long time where some of the songs would come on. I'm like, wait, I do know this song. And I'm like, um, activated. Yeah. Like I'm like, Oh, obey my dog. Yeah. It's like the prime minister of Malaysia. Ah! Exactly. I'm just like, Oh, I know. Hook at me. I'm the king (laughs) in New York. I'm like, Oh no, I do remember this. So I'm like, it can't have, when I say mid, this is coming from someone who, can barely like write my own name, let alone a sentence, let alone the score to a musical. When I say mid, I'm just saying this in relativity to the rest of Alan Menken's career. So sure. it's like it's like it's just it's kind of it's fine. But there are some songs I'm like, OK, these are fun. I get why these were like the rallying cries for a bunch of theater boys like King of New York or <laughs> Seize the Day, which is just a fun call and response kind of song. Yeah, that's exactly fine. what I wrote, too. Yeah, it's a lot of call and response kind of stuff. Like I said, you and your bros call and response burning down the system, fucking scrapping along. It's that's every young boy's life. That's what, right. that's what we loved when we were that's kids. That's, that was our shit. Right. I get it. It's not that hard to understand why this is appealing. Yeah, honestly. Uh, yeah, I get it all. I get it all. I get it. That's yeah. me being like my big, and, my big And you get away. to have a sort of just, you have like a very just cause in it as well. Right. Which is like the, you ended child labor. That's right. awesome. Just because that's you amazing. wanted more money. Right. Fucking pat on the back. You stood up to the adults. It's like, uh, like Nickelodeon kids decide the president. Like you kids did it. Like, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Like Very kids Nickelodeon the in the nineties vibes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, other thoughts? No, we, I think, I think that's it. I think my bit, my, like I said, my big thing was the, was how you direct a pro shot. But other than that, I'm like, man, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, like it was, it. there was, there was toughs of it. I mean, I definitely had to pause it like 10 times. Like I don't want people to, people keep coming up to me at these conventions. They're like, Oh, do you like musicals now? And I'm like, no, no, I still don't, but it's still, <laughs> I still want to like, I, I still struggle through every single one of them, but I'm, I'm just a professional. Yeah. I know how to come in here and only focus on what I think is good and not pitch and moan the whole time. I'm trying to make it yeah. 
drop your feelings you at the guys. door. Yeah, exactly. Right. Drop your feelings at the door. But yes, no, I'm still dead on the inside. Just you're, in you're case trying to be wondering. an ally. Like it's not for Exa- you. Exactly. It's not but, for me, but that's not the point. Yeah, exactly. You're just here to have to. Su- no, to be fair, watching two versions of Newsies back to back was um, and again, as someone who's like, I get it now. I had to like take some long pauses for yeah. a little bit. Um, yeah. But but I get it. That said. Um, and honestly, I had a lot more to say than I thought I was going to. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. So uh, it's on Disney Plus. Both versions are on Disney Plus. If you want to see some kids, if you want to hear have the word pape stuck in your head and be like, oh, that's those are papes. I'm like, oh, I got to get my Roland papes. Oh, no, the mail came in. And it's oh, the envelope right, right, papes. Right. One one small thing I <laughs> thought I was going to I forgot that I was going to say this at the top. Uh, the accents are very distracting. Oh, uh, it's it makes it very hard because like it's at the beginning it sounds kind of funny and then you're like I can't take this character seriously for like talking in that voice trying to be like ah, I'm just trying to go to Santa Fe you know and you're like uh, no anyway if you guys have seen Newsies and you want to let us know your thoughts please let us know on the artist formerly known as Twitter we are at musical splaining with no G and of course we are at musical splaining on Instagram uh, I am at Kavitaharian on Twitter. Uh, I'm also on Blue Sky. I think you just type in Kavitarian. The the handles are weird and complicated. I don't understand them. But just look for me on Blue Sky. I'm still on there. Uh, and I'm also on Instagram at Permafriends. Um, I don't have anything this month, thankfully. But at the beginning of December, I will be at Los Angeles Comic Con. So if you guys are going to be in the Los Angeles area, make sure to come see me. But that's still a few weeks away. I'll, I'll remind you again. Awesome. Um, I'm, as always, Angelina underscore S-E-E on the artist formerly known as Twitter and on Blue Sky. And, um, oh, wait, no, I'm Y Angelina Y. Sorry, I just, like, had a brain fart. I'm Y Angelina Y on the artist formerly known as Twitter and Blue Sky. I am Angelina underscore S-E-E on Instagram. Um, and I, I just, I think there should be a succession musical. That's my other takeaway from that. I would like, watch it, yeah. Tom like, Wamskins, the musical is what <laughs> right. I would watch. The, the life and, the rise and fall of Tom. Right. What is Jack Kelly but saying we must overthrow the culture of corruption that silences children on Twitter? Like that's that's basically what he did. So that's that's my parting thought. So, <laughs> yes, uh, of course, if you guys have not done so, please sign up for our Patreon. Uh, we've got a couple of really fun, I guess, by the time this one, by the time this episode released, we will have had a really wonderful one on uh, this past Thursday. Yes. Uh, we've got another fun one coming up next month. We're, we're branching out and meeting some more professionals within the industry. Yeah. Uh, it's really fun to sort of get them on board to talk more about, you know, pulling the curtain behind and show no, yeah. no pun intended behind the curtain. What's <laughs> happening. Ew. Uh, nice. And of course, uh, please go ahead and follow our sponsor links, sign up, tell everybody, you know, friends, put it in the papers. If you can put it in put the it papes, in the papes. let as many papes. people know as you can let us know, leave us good reviews, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your wife, tell your kids, tell, tell your Joseph husband. Pulitzer's course, tell Joseph Pulitzer. <laughs> Nominate us for the Pulitzer Award, the right. Pulitzer Peace Prize for bringing yeah. peace to the world with our reviews of musicals. Right. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, kids smoking is funny, just like uh, yeah. monkey smoking is funny. Smoking's yeah. funny. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. that. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of something funny to say at the end. I don't know. Uh, Kids smoking's not funny, you guys. Don't don't let children smoke. That's bad. Yeah. Uh, seize the day, I guess. And uh, with that said... <laughs> Carpe diem. Carpe diem. We will see you at the... Uh, see you at the theater. At theater. the floorboards of the state. The we'll see you at the papes. Ominous. <laughs> <laughs>